This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 FM, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. And I'm happy to say we have online everyone's favorite neighborhood commentosaurus, Rob Hutchinson from dear South Africa. Rob, how are you doing? Good morning, Benji. I'm fantastically well into yourself. I'm doing very, very well, Rob. Now, before we get onto some of your new campaigns, uh, I just was struck over the last week about how many people are talking about the Health Amendment Bill that we were uh, talking about last week. And I wanted to check in and see, uh, have you had a very good response on your comments? Absolutely amazing, amazing response. We're sitting at about 131,000 public comments, each of which has been individually delivered to the, the Minister of Health and the Health Department. And I say an overwhelming 98% of those comments are not in favor of the amendments or moving the regulations. Um, the ones temporary regulations under the Disaster Management Act to be now permanent under the, under the Health Act. So that's a great response, although it is less than, I say, what, 0.02% of the South African population, but still, it's it's absolutely fantastic. One of the best responsive campaigns we've ever, we've ever had. What's your what's your take on that, uh, Rob? I mean, there are a lot of problems in the country. People obviously are paying attention to Corona. Why do you think that this particular issue, which obviously is important, but you know, we talk about a lot of important issues. When, when it comes to commenting on Parliament. Why do you think that this one has particularly sparked public interest? I think it's two reasons. Um, the one was actually brought about by by the minister herself when she announced 48 hours for public comment on removing the current regulations from the Disaster Management Act. So that created a lot of a public angst and a lot of anxiety within the public, not understanding that that's just simply an administrative function. And she did that at the same time as the comment period for the amendments to the Health Act were were on the go. So that's driven driven it, I say emotionally driven driven the response in in the public space. However, there it is a rather concerning um, bit of legislation and amendments to it because it's it introduces what were temporary regulations under the disaster to be now permanent under under the under the health act and let's let's face it nobody wants to be um in a state of permanent lockdown with permanent regulations and all the regulations that were cast aside like um open-toed shoes and the ridiculous hot chickens and and so on those have all crept back in including including the uh, the right of the state to come into your house and actually take you away if they suspect that you have a a contagious virus, in this case, COVID. They can then force you into uh, isolation and even into isolation facilities, um, uh, camps as, as such. So all of that has crept back in. And I think that's the public have realized that it's quite a quite a severe change and has severe consequences. So that's probably driving um, the response that, that we are that we are seeing. Very, very interesting and good to see that we are in fact getting some responses. So let's talk about what else is going on. This is a very high tech from Ecasa, Rob. They want to tie biometrics to SIM cards. What's that all about? Yes, indeed. So this is the new regulations that they have brought, brought about and they're proposing. And exactly, as, as you say, it's pretty simple. They are concerned 
about fraud and uh, want to clamp down on fraudulent activity, including number hijacking, which is quite prevalent in, in the banking sector. So the banking sector has raised concerns about that as well. You know, you know when you do your banking, you get a notification on, on your phone. Certain individuals can can hijack those, those SIMs through a SIM swap and then hijack your, your banking facilities and other, other nefarious things. So what they've proposed here is tying uh, not only biometric data, but behavioral data as well to uh, to a SIM card. So if a SIM swap happens, then the individual who is applying for the SIM swap, uh, their biometrics and behavioral data must match that of the phone number or, or device. So in theory, it sounds like a, a great idea, and perhaps it is. It might curb fraud and, and so on. However, there are concerns around how a mobile service uh, uh, providers will use the data because they will hold the data. They're supposed to use it for authentication purposes. But as we've seen in the past, you know, data breaches and leaks do do happen. And they are proposing um, physical data and biometrics, which includes a voice voice mapping or a thumbprint, an iris scan or facial recognition everything that your phone can can already do and alongside that behavioral uh, patterns as well such as your movement your habits uh, your personality as such which can be uh, devised or discovered through through other behavioral things and obviously what influences you and 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 so on what other influences you have that's all tied into what they call uh, measurement and statistical analysis of people's unique physical and behavioral characteristics which will be captured onto your SIM card and then matched to your device as as such. So sounds rather scary. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I just I'm just imagining what it must be to also get a cell phone now. Like you want to get a SIM card and suddenly you're having to go through uh, something that looks like it comes from Mission Impossible. <laughs> Indeed, with iris scans and fingerprinting and yeah. all sorts of other things. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, 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 you know, just to like try and get a, a SIM card is kind of hectic. Uh, all right. Well, that's uh, very, very disturbing, I have to say. Um, let's just go off cell phones entirely. We're talking to <laughs> Rob Hutchinson today. He is uh, from dear South Africa. And uh, we are just talking about some of the current campaigns on 101.9. Hi, Ben. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And we have on the line Rob Hutchinson from DS South Africa. Rob, how are you doing? Still good, Benji. Let's <laughs> hear Rob, now, nuclear power is a very interesting uh, phenomenon in South Africa. We have a nuclear power plant. Uh, occasionally, it, it loses bolts and that sort of thing, which can be a problem. But on the whole, still doing okay, but it does reduce nuclear waste. And so now they're asking us what the hell we're going to do with it. Yes, indeed they are. So there's a, a, a bill out for, for comment now, and that's called the Radioactive Waste Management Fund Draft Bill. Quite a mouthful. What they're proposing in, in this bill is to establish a perhaps a private or, or public entity that will be funded by the um, Mineral Resources and Energy Department to take care of all radioactive uh, waste produced by by uh, our uh, what's our um, Kuburg Kuburg power station. So I went blank there for a second. Kuburg power station, 
And as we know, there are um, plans to upgrade the, the upgrade Kuburg and extend it and extend its life and operating sp space by creating another another uh, production unit inside there. Obviously, that's going to produce more more uh, nuclear waste. Now, nuclear waste is is anything. It can be clothes or or overalls that that people wear or the, the actual hardcore rods themselves. So this bill just uh, simply establishes that entity and establishes a funding mechanism to to get rid of uh, nuclear waste. Not too much detail on, on how it will be done. I'm sure that will be released at a, at a later stage, but this is just to establish the funding mechanism around who and what pays for the disposal of nuclear waste. Sure, absolutely uh, fascinating. I think that uh, uh, it is important because we, we do have Kuburg and if, if it's going to be increased, we need to make sure that that uh, does um, get properly dealt with. Uh, and, and of course, nuclear issues in South Africa, as they are in the world, always very contentious, so important to get uh, people's uh, viewpoints. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot of uh, misconception around nuclear and a lot of legitimate fears too. So the handling of the or the disposal of the, the waste that's produced by, by the pipeline should be of, of great concern to environmentalists and South Africans in general. Yeah, absolutely. Rob, if people want to comment either on the, I, I think, Rob, we need to, we just need to rename it. I think we're going to call it the Mission Impossible symbol, uh, cell phone bill. Um, <laughs> or, or indeed the nuclear, or, or uh, even the, the, the state of disaster regulations, because that's, that's uh, this week, I think, that you can still comment, right? Yes, yes, you've got until the 15th of, of April to comment on, on that bill. Okay, so, so, so any of those, uh, how can they go about doing it? As usual, you can go to dearsouthafrica.ca.za, select, click on uh, current campaigns, and then select the campaign that you would like to comment on. And, it, and your comment on your comment is delivered immediately as an individual submission to the correct department where it's uh, legally registered, and the department then has to acknowledge and consider each and every comment that, that goes through there. So it definitely does create an impact. Yeah, absolutely. Monday morning, cup of coffee, a, a little bit of breakfast cereal, uh, and a comment on Dear South Africa is what I always uh, prescribe uh, for for helping to make a difference. Uh, Rob, you're, you you got back in the saddle last week. Anyone interesting we should be knowing about this week? Yes, yes. Actually, just confirmed confirmed this morning. A fantastic, fantastic uh, civil society hero that's created a, an entity called the Red List which is a rather in, uh, interesting initiative and, and well needed. It exposes consumer corruption in, in the private sector. So very similar to what uh, Dear South Africa does, it encourages people to get involved and have their say, but in the pri private sector rather than the public sector. Really looking forward to that chat. Well, we spend a lot of time bashing the public sector. I think well, uh, well deserved, unfortunately, in many instances. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, the private sector shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be shouldn't be immune, I guess, uh, to this to this sort of thing at all. Absolutely, the two go hand in hand if you think about it. So without a doubt, yeah. Great. Okay. Well, listen up for uh, for the red list, and uh, that's uh, at twelve o'clock on Wednesday, Rob. Twelve o'clock on Wednesday, dear Parliament, on one hundred one point nine IFM. You see, Rob, he's completely back into it. You can hear it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so Absolutely. much, Rob. 
We'll chat to you next week. Excellent, Benji. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you so much, Rob Hutchinson there, bringing us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, thanks to the whole team who helps put things together. Mashadi, who is our producer. Vuzi, who's on the sound. Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons. And of course, you, dear listener, who joins us every single week. And do join us next week on the New Blue Review.